racist lyrics, lurid language, misogyny, and anti-cop rhetoric. That's what I think of when I think of Snoop Dogg and his recordings. And yet he's the featured act in this coming Super Bowl Sunday halftime show. And by the way, what does the Bible have to say about racism? It's all coming up. Brian Sussman show Faith, Family, Freedom. The National Football League, under the tutelage of Commissioner Roger Goodell, is ever so proud of its record combating racism. Two years ago, Goodell said, we, the National Football League, condemn racism and the systematic oppression of black people. Well, that's, that's a wonderful statement, and I'm glad that Goodell said it. <laughs> and it's also, you know, the NFL is a wonderful example of how this country has overcome racism in the past because 70% of the athletes in the NFL are black. I think that's a huge statement. Uh, But, 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 Goodell says that two years ago, we, the National Football League, condemn racism and the systematic oppression of black people. And yet I'm looking at the halftime show for this Sunday's Super Bowl. Now, before we get to the Super Bowl, Let's talk about end zone inscriptions that have read all season long, the last couple seasons, and racism. You can see it on the back of certain players' helmets and racism. The behavior of the players, however, is something different altogether on the field. Because we are told, we don't have microphones up close and personal, sometimes you can see, you can do a little lip reading after a play, and you can see it, But the N-word is a common word used on the field in the NFL. In fact, cornerback Richard Sherman, who at the time was playing with the Seahawks in 2014, said, in the locker room and on the fields at all times, in the locker room and on the field at all times, he said, I hear it almost every series out there on the field. That's the N-word. The NFL wanted to crack down on the use of the N-word on the field and penalize players for using it. Now, Richard Sherman wasn't applauding that move. He was saying, listen, it's used so much on the field, you're never going to throw out enough penalties. Nonetheless, nonetheless, the NFL considered it to be unsportsmanlike conduct. How many players are actually fined for the use of the N-word on the field? I have no idea. But, but, it's something that they wanted to crack down on at one time, what's happened? Well, whether they've been able to curtail that language on the field is one thing, but I can tell you this coming Super Bowl Sunday on the field, once the teams have gone into the locker rooms and they establish that huge stage for all the performances that are going to take place, you're going to have a bunch of foul-mouthed singers who specialize in using the N-word. They're going to be singing during the halftime festivities. There will be five musical celebrities featured on Super Bowl Sunday. This is, this is disgusting. Now, two of them are not known to drop the N-word. But three of them are. Dr. Dre, Kendrick Lamar, and Snoop Dogg. And Snoop Dogg, by the way, has become a mainstream icon This is a guy that not only has a foul mouth, but is known for his drug use and also known for having lyrics in his songs that 
not just hate the police, but encourage the shooting of the police. I'm not kidding you on this. Let's start with Dr. Dre first. One of his songs, very popular, is N-Word with a Gun. N-Word with a Gun. One of the lyrics says, You're a mother effer liar, N-Word. Another says, Listen up, N-Word. You know Lucifer? He also has a song, Bitch N-Word. It goes like this. Bitch N-Words, bitch N-Words, bitch N-Words. Wow, very creative. He gets paid a lot of money for that. There's also this line. I meet more bitch N-Words than hoes. Look here. Another favorite is, these N-Words don't know what the F is going on. In that particular song, these N-Words don't know what the F is going on, he cites the N-Word 39 times in the recording. He also have a song called The Day the N-Words Took Over. I got my finger on the trigger. Some N-Words wonder why. But living in the city, it's do or die. And then there's this gem. How many N-Words are ready to loot? It's another song. Kendrick Lamar will also be appearing at the Super Bowl during the halftime. He has a song entitled F Your Ethnicity, which not only surprisingly includes the line F Your Ethnicity N-Word, but he says it many times over, just in case you might have missed it the first time. He also has a song called The Art of Peer Pressure, where he sings about me and my N-Words four deep in a white Toyota. In that song, he drops the N-Word 25 times. And it goes on. Let me just go to Snoop Dogg because Snoop Dogg's become very popular now, pushing various products on TV, including Corona Beer. Oh, he has a lovely song entitled My Effing House, where he sings, This is my mother's effing house, N-word. Okay, enough of that because I feel like my brain needs to be cleaned at this point. Why would Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the NFL, go here? Why, why, why are they doing this? I know there's a special effort on, on television shows and especially the commercials we watch to employ African-Americans as actors. But do we really need this during the NFL halftime? I, I don't understand what's going on. What message does he think will stick with young viewers? The one in which the NFL prohibits the use of the N-word on the field? Or the one in which the NFL sanctions, it sanctions its usage? He can't have it both ways. I don't really understand what's happening with Roger Goodell. But the whole idea of Snoop Dogg in particular performing at the Super Bowl and the halftime is, it, it, it looks even worse. Because Snoop Dogg despite his countless arrests for guns and drugs, is becoming a guy that, that everybody wants to have for their endorsements. He This is a guy who luridly degrades women as one of his stock in trade. As, as one of his stocks in trade. Wow, he can sell beer. 
You know, it's interesting because you watch that Corona ad and I can't help but think of this guy's anti, anti-police, pro-violence rhetoric. Pro-crime vile, vulgar so-called artistry. And Roger Goodell has appointed and anointed Snoop Dogg as the headliner. The headliner in this year's halftime. Take your guns that you use to shoot each other and start shooting those bitch-ass mother-effing police. That's a line from one of his songs. Take your guns that you use to shoot each other and start shooting these bitch-ass mother-effing police. That'll impress a mother-effing guy like me. Words to his song. Super Bowl. Halftime. Corona beer. Other products. Mainstream. What does, what does this say about our society and where we're going? That's why so many of us, if I could just pull back for a moment... So many of us are saying, we've never seen anything like this in our country. We're we're falling so fast. Are these indeed the end times? Are these the last days? You, you, You can't help someone like myself from wondering that very thing. We'll be talking about that in an upcoming podcast with the Swimming Monk, our our local theologian. But in the meantime, I want to talk to you about what the, the Bible says about racism. Because the first thing to understand in this discussion is that there is only one race, the human race. Seriously, only one race, human race. Africans, Asians, Indians, Arabs, Jews, Caucasians are not different races. They are different ethnicities of the human race. All human beings have the same physical characteristics with minor variations. Take off our skin, we all look the same. More importantly, this is huge, more importantly, all human beings are equally created in the image and likeness of God. That's Genesis 1, 26 and 27. I want to repeat that because I repeated Snoop Dogg's lyrics a couple times. All human beings are equally created in the image and likeness of God. God loved the world so much, everyone in the world, that he sent Jesus to lay down his life for us. John 3.16 God loved the world so much that he sent Jesus to lay his life down for us. When it says the world, obviously that includes all ethnicities. God does not show partiality or favoritism, and neither should we. In the Old Testament, God divided humanity into two two specific groups, Jews and Gentiles. God's intent was for the Jews to be a kingdom of priests who would minister to the Gentile nations. God's intent was to use the Jewish nation as, as a beacon of hope to the rest of the world. And through that nation would be birthed the Messiah, who would again come to save the entire world. Jesus commands us to love one another as he loves us. 
all forms of racism, all forms of prejudice, all forms of discrimination are affronts to the work of Jesus on the cross. If God is impartial and loves us with impartiality, then we need to love others with that same high standard. What does Jesus teach in Matthew 25? That whatever we do to the least of his brothers, we do to him. So when you treat someone poorly, when you're racist towards someone, when you're prejudiced towards someone, when you're hateful towards someone, Jesus says, you're doing it to me. Racism in varying forms and to various degrees has been a plague on humanity for thousands of years. It's one of Satan's powerful uh, calling cards, if you will. It's one of his most powerful plays in his playbook. How about that? Satan loves it when we hate each other. He loves to pit one group against the other. He loves it when one group of people considers themselves the victim and classifies another as an oppressor. He absolutely loves that. Racism in varying forms and to various degrees has been a plague for thousands of years. Brothers and sisters of all ethnicities, this should not be. Those who practice racism, prejudice, discrimination need to repent. You need to lay that down at the foot of the cross. Judge lest you be judged. Present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as an instrument of righteousness to God. Romans 6. And Galatians 3, 28. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you're all one in Jesus Christ. You know, back in the day, when I was just a very, very young Christian, we had, uh, there was a word we used to use regularly, and I see it, I, I see a resurgence of this word. It's Maranatha. It's Greek for Lord come soon, Lord come quickly. Maranatha, Maranatha. Thank you for listening. Whatever team you may be rooting for, hey, I hope they win. <laughs> if you're not watching the game, uh, well, okay. But friends, for sure, without question, do not watch the Super Bowl halftime. It's just it's pure dreck. That's a Hebrew, it's a, it's a Yiddish word for, for, for garbage. How about that? Anyway, God bless you, my friends. Until next time, Brian Sussman, more on me at briansussman.com. Thank you for getting the word out about this podcast. I really do appreciate it because as so many of you know, I've been so uh, canceled, <laughs> throttled back by the various platforms that I need your help if we're going to get these, these podcasts out there. All right, my friends, until next time, God bless you.